The following audio is a sermon preached by one of our pastors at Restoration Church in St. Mary's, Georgia. We pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to you deeply with this message. Well, so good morning. How are you? (laughs) You guys look awesome this morning. You really do. And I looked in the mirror this morning and I looked awesome. When I got out of bed, my eyes were all swolled up because I had been out there at the bonfire last night. It was good. I woke up and I said, what in the world were we smoking in that fire? Because I smelled some smells coming out of there, and I'm not sure where that wood came from, but I promise y'all it was very innocent. But boy, do I feel good this morning. <laughs> y'all are like, I like this church. I like it. But uh, let, me, let me just start out by saying this morning, we're so glad that you're here this morning. You are... Um, brought here by God. Uh, God's just filling up the chairs. He's filling us in because we used to have some little spaces here and there, and those are filling in. God's just doing an amazing thing with each one of us. And so I'm grateful that you're here. Um, I'm grateful that you have stepped out in faith to believe. Maybe, maybe this morning, just one more time, that there's a, there's a body of believers somewhere that you fit with, that, that you can fit into. Um, I'm going to tell you straight up, we don't get everything perfectly right, but when we get it wrong, we correct it. We try to get it right, and that's biblical. Like yesterday, I was in trouble again. I, don't, I got in trouble yesterday, and I don't get in trouble a lot anymore, but I got in trouble yesterday with old Sarge. I call Cindy Sarge now. She's entered into the Sarge zone. She's like, Sarge. And uh, just out of nowhere, everything's going great. You know, I'm doing all my chores. I'm doing my honey list. I'm doing everything the way I'm supposed to do it. And I hear this, I hear this screeching. She calls out my full name, Gregory Gardell. I'm like, is my mother here? What? I was like, what are you doing? And I got windows open. It's a gorgeous day. And I'm just hearing my name time after time. I'm like, let's see, I made the bed. I took the trash out. I made her coffee. What is she screaming at me for? And she's like, Gregory Gardell. And I'm like, this is serious. And I looked at her and said, what are you doing? I'm not even supposed to be nervous right now, but I am. Why am I nervous? And she looks at me and she goes, I cannot believe what you did. And I was like, I paid the bills. Electricity's on. I'm going through this list. Y'all been there, haven't you? You know when you're in trouble. And she, we got this car that's sitting off to the side in the driveway. And um, we were had to go on an emergency trip to North Carolina to catch some fish a couple of weeks ago. And um, I just took all my stuff. You know, I got a crew cab truck. Because it's, you know, it's my mobile office, because y'all don't want me storing my stuff out there where the nursery's at, or else we ain't going to have a nursery. And so it's in the back of my truck. And I took it all, and I just slung it into the front seat of the car. And evidently, she decided to go out to that car to get something out of it, and she noticed it. <laughs> I tried to hide it. It was inconspicuous, but there it was all over the front seat and the floorboard. And I had, be quiet right now. Son, don't say another word. Do not side with your mother. You don't even live with us anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I found myself in this trouble, and uh, it was cool. And I just, it was really amazing because I thought, man, I'm really in trouble here, and this is fun. I'm 49 years old, and I'm enjoying getting in fun. I said, you want to take it outside? She goes, oh, we're outside. I said, bring it on there, postal worker. You don't, buy, you don't scare me. I said, take yourself back in the house and do the toilets. And that's not going to happen. She never cleans toilets. I do them all. Because I made a mistake 20 years ago. But I'll tell you, God's been good to us. He's been good to us, folks. And listen, we're going to start out this morning by understanding that many of us, 
we get into some pretty precarious places. We get into some pretty bad places. Um, we get into some destitute places with God, and I, I believe it's because there's some things that we as human beings kind of get backwards, and we kind of get twisted up, and we kind of get in the wrong order. And so if you have your Bible this morning, I want you to know this morning I'll be preaching out of the ESV, and it'll be up on the screen. Um, we're not going to start out in Matthew right yet. I want God's, God's instructed me to take us to... Uh, Psalm 37 this morning, to, just, just to start. And if you have your Bible, just turn there with me. Uh, I want to say that I appreciate the worship this morning. Uh, the worship was, was uh, powerful. Uh, the, the folks that are up here leading you and I in worship are walking it out with God. Uh, we ensure that, um, that our folks that are leading us before the throne of God are strong and that they're in the Word and that they're living a life that's pleasing to the Lord because this isn't a rock concert. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a show. It's to lead us before the throne of God. And let me encourage you that um, the songs that we sing up here, uh, we, we sing those on a daily basis, and we encourage you to also, and you can get those by going on the radio every day at 88.1, 89.3, 91.7, to get that kind of encouragement every day. Um, most of us probably know the current top 40, or we currently know the top country songs that are out there and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, let me just speak to you. Um, these words right here lift up the name of Jesus, and it's just an encouragement. Now, I'm not condescending and looking down on you for your genre of music that you appreciate, but these will help you grow. Um, these words here that we sing every day will just get your mind focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and so let me just be encourage you to throw that in there, um, because Psalm 37, verse number four, says this, and it's, it's, it's where I was going to end the message, but God just called me up this morning. He said, I want you to bring that out to the very forefront, because I don't want you to forget it. And remember this morning is everything that we're going to do this morning needs to lead us to God's word. It needs to lead us to God's movement and God's direction in our lives, not what the preacher has to say, not who's preaching, not who your favorite singer is, not what makes you feel good, but how God wants to speak to you and where you're at in this very moment. Um, the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's pray right there. Father God, this is going to be your message. Uh, this is going to come from your word. And so we ask you to lead it. We ask you to be in it. We ask you to guide it. We ask you to water it into our lives, Lord. We know that your word is to be interpreted by your Holy Spirit, but there's many applications that will come. And so today we want to apply this interpretation of your desires being put in our hearts to become our desires. And so show us what you have for us today. Change our lives. God, I pray that you'd save another person today. We celebrate. We give you honor and glory for Wayne, little Wayne, told his mom and dad, I gave my life to Jesus Christ this week. We thank you for that, God, and we ask that you would save somebody else today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to tell you something about the door. There is a reference in God's Word that talks about the door. And so today, um, I want you to understand the door to heaven, the door to God, the door to the power of the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. There is no other way. John chapter 14, verse 6, the disciples were asking, what is this way that you're telling us? And, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through me, by me. 
not around me, not above me, not skirting over this way or under that way. It's got to come through Jesus Christ. And so we teach that. We teach that that comes biblically through the repentance of the heart to say that I know that I'm a sinner. I get that now. God's been speaking to me. The preacher didn't scare me. He didn't freak me out. He didn't get me to make some emotional decision. I know that I, I get it. I, I understand God's been speaking to me. He's been calling me out. And therefore, I come through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary, and the door was opened. The door was opened, and the veil was torn from the top to the bottom, which opened up heaven to God for you and I to get back to Him who created us from the very beginning. And when we were born into this world, we were born as His creation but we were His enemy. Because we came into a life of sin, we were born into sin and sin nature. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, we now can go back to God the Father, but we have to come through Jesus. Because of the blood that was shed on Calvary, it was for the remission of sin. And that remission of sin means that it can be blotted out. It can be wiped clean. It can be absolutely erased to turn the blackness of our heart into the whiteness of snow. Because He cleanses and purifies us from the inside out. And I got news for you folks. There's not a lot of folks talking about that anymore. There's a lot of people talking about your feelings. There's a lot of people that are talking about what God has for you and He has so much for you. He does. I mean, He's got so much for you, Ryan. He just has such a life for you. And, and, and if you'll just trust Him, and if you'll just tell Him certain things, and if you'll just ask Him, He'll give it all to you. But see, I forgot to tell Ryan something. It has to be done in Jesus' name. It has to be done through Jesus. And there is a plethora of people in the United States, not necessarily all over the world, but here in this rich, bountiful United States, even in the present financial condition and our economic collapses, we still are the most rich people in all of the world, even if you only have... $1,200 to your name. You're richer than anybody else in a third world country who lives in poverty. And yet, today, there are people that live in such dire need and poverty, but yet will be quick to put their trust in a Savior named Jesus Christ. And yet, we are looking for something else. Us. Us Americans who we pretty much have it all. And even in your most destitute place, you have more than people in a third world country. So we're looking for that. How do I get ahead? How do I get to that place that I want to go? How do I have more so that my emotional need will be met and so that I can say that I have happiness in my life? Well, we're teaching a prosperity gospel, we like to call it. It's a, it's a false doctrine. It's not truth. There's nothing prosperous there's nothing prosperous of earthly gain. Let me make sure that I say it all right to you. I want you to understand the truth. We want to be about the truth that sometimes things will proceed out of my mouth that aren't exactly the way I wanted to say them. So let me make sure I take my time this morning and I'm very careful about this and I'm very slow in my speaking to you. There's nothing prosperous about this world. There's nothing prosperous about this life. And there's nothing prosperous about the earthly gain that we can gain here in this world unless we have Jesus Christ. And then anything that we gain is all for his kingdom. 
Anything that we have, anything that we're given is meant to use it for his kingdom. We call it the door. And I want you to understand a perspective today about the door. But let's look at the scriptures first. Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 11. And this is all Jesus' words. And I want you to understand, every time Jesus speaks, every time he speaks in his word, it's in red letters. To signify that it's his words. And his words will never return void. They will always change us. The preacher, I can talk you into some things, and later on you'll walk away. But when Jesus says it, it'll never return void. I can't convince you of anything. I can't talk you into anything. I can't make you do anything. Now, wait a minute. That's not necessarily true. There's some things if I preach hard enough, if I pound on the pulpit strong enough, and if I say it eloquently enough, or if I copy the words of someone who's written it in a book, or they've spoken it and they've gotten the masses to follow them, I could get you for a little while. Some of you would just fall right into it and just walk like this and say, show me, just show me. But that's not the truth. The truth is, everything the church does The true living church, the one that is ordained by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, will never return void. The things that the true church of God does will never return void. And so today I come just to cast out to you Jesus' words to get inside of your head, to get inside of your heart, to help you to understand why you were made and what He's got for you, and the part and the role that you play in God's kingdom growth before Jesus returns to take the church out of this place. Because I believe that you're falling short. No, 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 no. Not directly in my life, but I believe that you're falling short of all of the potential that God has created you for. You see, you're going to find out in just a few moments what role you play in the door. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me into Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It'll be up on the screen. He says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you of his son asks him for bread will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? The Scripture here has been used too many times by the church that's moving forward and teaching people about prosperity and teaching all you've got to do is ask God for it, ask Jesus for it, ask through the Holy Spirit for it, and He's going to give it to you. You've got to name it, and you've got to claim it. Now let me make sure that I, you understand this. Let me help you to understand. The Word of God teaches that anything that we ask in God's name, in Jesus' name, in the Spirit, He will do it for us. Can God do that? Yes, He can. Will God do it? If He pleases. If it's according to His will. Do I believe God does that? Yes, I do. Do I want to stand in the way of God doing anything miraculous in your life? No, I do not. But I want you to understand the way that it has to be done. I want you to understand there's a way that it has to be done. Do you know that sometimes God puts you in diverse places? 
Do you know that sometimes He allows us to face diverse temptations? Do you know that sometimes He allows us to go through sicknesses? Do you know that sometimes He allows us to be downtrodden? He allows us to be cast down. He allows us to be in the mud. He allows us to be in a hole. He allows us to be financially depraved for a season. He allows it. He's doing something in our life, but we fight it with everything we've got and just say, why can't I just get out of this? Why can't I just get through this? I'm sick and tired of it. I don't want any more. But if I can give you a perspective this morning, it'll help you to better understand when you get back up on the mountain. You know, there is a mountaintop experience. You know those times where you just wish the day wouldn't end? You know, there's those days where it's just been such a perfect day. Everything went right. The washing machine even worked right. Your wife didn't call you by all your names. All the good stuff happened to you. I just want to share. I love my wife. She's good to me, man. She keeps me on my toes. You know what? It wasn't like... It, it, listen, man. Normally, here's what I recommend, man. As soon as your name has been called out, especially if your middle name is used, make sure within the next three minutes you make corrective action. I did not. I chose to wait an hour and a half to let her know I'm the man of the house. But it's done. It's done. I got it done. I'm not going to tell you how I did it. I'm a sweeping under the carpet kind of guy. I'm a, all right, it's gone. If she catches you, oh, son, it's, man, I love to see her get all riled up. It's so cool. Man, her, her ears palpitate. She just, her eyes just, her head, her temples start throbbing. It's like, you are a creation of beauty when you look like that. She's like, Oh, stop it. I just love it, man. You guys can relate, can't you? Women are going to say, we want to have a word with you after church, Pastor. I think you misquoted something there. Folks, listen to me. Listen to me very carefully this morning. God did not design this life for us to have our own desire. God did not design this life for you and I to come and go as we please. Now, outside of Christ, all that liberty is there. You, you have your own life, and you're in charge of your life. But there's nothing after it. There's nothing for you. There's nothing after this world but death, alienation, Constant consuming fire that the word tells us is real and it's coming one day. But you see, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become his and you are now in his hands and you are at the will of the father to do with you what he pleases, how it lines up with his master plan. And there's some things that God wants to put you through and is going to put you through. And some of us are going to miss the boat. Some of us are going to miss the ship. Some of us are going to miss that big bus coming by to pick us up, to take us down treacherous lane. There are going to be things that we are going to encounter while we're in this world. And he says to count it all joy. 
Listen, Paul, the apostle, was shipwrecked. The guy was imprisoned. The guy was left to die several times. The guy who, listen, have you ever just had a friendship that you seemed like everything was going good and then all of a sudden the tables turned and they were just down your throat and you don't know where it came from? Paul is a great example of that. He was a Jew. He was raised up by the Jews and he was taught to slaughter the Christians. And he was good at what he did. But the moment in Acts chapter 9, when God converted his name from Saul to Paul, he became an enemy of the Jews, but a friend of the cross. And the moment that he became a friend of the cross, Caesar wanted his head on a plate. Have you ever felt like as a believer, why is this happening to me? Well, I'll tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because God wants to use you to do something in his name. He wants to use you to do something in his name. Because there's three facets to the door. And this is where we find ourselves as the church. There's three facets to this thing called the door. And it's talked about a lot, a ton in the scripture. And now let me just lay it out there for you so you can understand who we are as the church. Jesus is the door. Get it, church? Jesus is the door. We can only get to heaven through Him. Not through what we believe. Not through what we want. Not through how we think it can happen. Not through being good. Not through giving everything you've got to somebody or to the church or being a philanthropist but by coming through Jesus Christ and giving your life to Him and saying, everything that I am and everything that I've got is now yours because He is the door. Now, inside of each one of us, before the door could come to us, we had to have a door. Inside of each one of us is a door. There's a door, according to the scriptures, that's inside of us. It's called our heart. And Jesus comes one day and he starts knocking. And let me make this very clear. You don't ever open the door looking for God. You don't just open it one day and go, I wonder where God's at. Where's he at? I just feel like looking for God. You don't have that in you. It's not there. But you have a mechanism on that door called a doorknob. And on, inside of that door, it's one way. There's a doorknob on your side. There's no doorknob on the other side. There's only a knocker. And on the outside of that door is that knocker. And Jesus stands and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And you being a door, choose at that moment to either say, I'm not getting it. I like where I'm at. I like how I've got life arranged. I like that I'm in charge. I like that I'm in control. And I'm not going to give it up. So I'm locking the door. Stay out, Jesus. Remember, you don't go looking for God. He comes looking for you. See, we've taught that all wrong in some of our, in some of our history of the church. We make it sound like we're great people and we're just going looking for the good God and we want God in our life. No, we don't. We don't go looking for Him. He comes looking for us. He comes looking for us. And so therefore that explains why sometimes when we become a doorway, the door, Jesus Christ, comes to 
a door, your heart's door, and if you choose to open the door and invite him in, you become a doorway. Let me explain that to you. A doorway is what the believer and the church are called to be. We're a doorway. We're a doorway. We initiate some kind of action in Jesus' name, whether we're knocking on doors and somebody... (laughs) Have you ever seen... You can, if you're really careful, if you're knocking on people's door, you can see their eyeball in that little thing. If you really look, their eye gets all messed up looking. It's just like, it's like, whoa, whoa. You need to see an optometrist about that. But you, t- you can tell when they're there. Things are moving in that eye thing. And I like looking now. I'm just like, I wonder if they're going to open the door. I know they're here. There's like 15 cars here. And they don't open the door. And you're just like, you feel kind of like you're like, man, you know they're looking. <laughs> you, you, just see, you see a little blind going, But you laugh and you think it's funny, but that's every single one of us in this room. Because before I gave Jesus my life, I was looking through the door and I was going, why why do I need this? Why why do I need this, Jesus? And it's everybody gets the same reaction. That's where we're all at before we come to Christ because we don't understand why we need the one that stands at the door and knocks because we have become the doorway. You and I are not Jesus in the flesh when we're knocking on a door, when we're handing out food, when we're doing something kind for a neighbor, when we're reaching out to people with the gospel, with the good news to see them come to Christ. We're not trying to get them into a religion. We're trying to get them into a relationship with Jesus because he will change everything and eternity of heaven will be your home. Who wouldn't want that? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You'd really be surprised because they stand back there and they're going, oh, here they come again. You know, I had a conversation this week with a believer. He's a businessman. And I love this guy. He's made, he's made his own set of mistakes. And because he's a businessman, his business is out there. But he repented and he said, I was wrong for what I did. And all I want to do is make it right. Let me tell you something. You know, some people, some people said, well, I don't really care. I don't care. He messed up bad. I don't really care. I'm not going to shop there anymore. He did me wrong. You know what I say? He did me wrong, but he made it right. And I'm going to support that. And so I got to be a doorway this week. And that doorway, let me, let me try to explain this a little bit better so you'll understand this story better. But the doorway is that first inclination that God's up to something. Get this, church. The doorway, which is a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, who becomes an agent of God, who is either a missionary or they are a do-gooder, or someone who's doing something, a kind act in Jesus' name, make sure you understand that today, in Jesus' name, becomes that doorway, and it's someone who opens up a door to see love, it's someone who opens up a door to see forgiveness, it's someone who opens up a door to show right from wrong, it's someone who stands beside you, even in your wrongness, trying to make it right. And I walked into the guy's place, and I said, listen man, here's what we need. We need 300 hot dogs. He said, all right, get you 300 hot dogs. I'll work on that. I said, all right, man, this is for our brown bag ministry, and I just, you know, I just need to take care of that, okay? I just need to, you know, it's got to be, I don't need your best. You know, I don't need the ones that 
because you sell them for $500 a case, they're better hot dogs. Hot dogs, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Everybody agree? Yes, hot dogs, hot dogs. So I go in there and I say, Miss Laura, I was like, no, they ain't. I'm telling you right now. I'm not asking my wife. She doesn't like hot dogs. I love hot dogs. I'm good with hot dogs. And so I walk in and I said, this is what we need. And he looks at me and he says, you know what? What are you used to paying for them? Here's how much we're used to paying them. Well, here's how much I can do them for. And I looked at the price and it was so much drastically different. It was lower. It was way lower. And I was just like, wait a minute. I was like, you realize I asked for 300 hot dogs? He goes, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, 300 hot dogs. I said, okay, 300 hot dogs. I said, okay, great. And so he, he, he reduced the price so much that I know he wasn't making any money off of it. And here's where I got some heartburn. I, I got a lot of heartburn here, church. Let me paint a picture for you. You go somewhere, and you get a bunch of free stuff. And you take it out there and you hand it out like we're the church. And you're giving away somebody else's free stuff. And you're trying, Aren't you glad we came? Yeah, we got all this free stuff and now we're giving it to you. We're the church. That's us. We're the church. We're the doorway. Aren't you glad we came? We're the doorway. And it didn't cost us nothing. We didn't have to do anything for it. We didn't have to do anything natural. We didn't have to make any sacrifice. But boy, we just love just, man, I feel so good. We gave all that stuff away today. Really, what it cost you? Huh? What do you mean? You see, our conversation went to this place, and I said, God brought me under conviction. He says, oh, no, 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 no. No, you're going to pay this man better than what he's charging you. Let me tell you why, folks. We're the church. We're the church. And we have far too long sat back and let the world get out ahead of this philanthropy. Man, listen, people are giving stuff away left and right. You can watch all these big names that get on TV and they show off and they give out stuff and free stuff and they go to communities and they give away stuff. But if it isn't in Jesus' name, if it isn't in Jesus' name, Where's the effect of it? Oh, we're helping people, and I'm not downing it. It's good. We need to learn from it. But imagine what happens when we couple that with the name of Jesus. What it does, we become the doorway. And so here's what I told him. I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, every time I order these hot dogs from you, I'm going to pay you 12 to 20 bucks more for that so you'll make a profit off of us. And we're going to begin buying more things from you in a regular basis, and we don't want anything for free. And so he said, well, for now, for today, this is my price. And I said, listen to me now. I don't believe in that. He says, you know, come here a minute. Let me talk to you. He says, I've been saying, I've been saying this forever. I've been saying forever. There's something wrong with this picture. He goes, look, man, I'm a businessman, and I'm just trying to make it. He says, and I got people coming in here asking for stuff all the time, all the time, as if we're to say that, hey, man, you're out there busting it. You're out there making it happen. You're out there making all that money. Share with us. Well, that's not Jesus. We got to do the natural things, church. We've got to become that doorway. We've got to sometimes just open up our wallet. We've got to empty it out to those that are in more need than we are. We've just got to take care of the hard stuff. We've just got to do what we've got to do. We've got to be the doorway. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be the doorway for the door to come knocking on a door. 
And that door that the door is knocking on needs to be in a place where they understand and they will receive the love of Jesus Christ. Next week we're going to preach a message called Seeds. And it starts with a seed. And it starts with your action. And it starts with what you do in Jesus' name. And sometimes you say, well, I don't have anything I can do about that. You'd be very much surprised at what you have and what you can do. And you know, it isn't always a tangible thing. Sometimes it's just making yourself available to a person. Sometimes it's just making yourself available for an ear. Sometimes it's making yourself available just as someone who can speak truth to them, someone who can share God's Word with them. It's becoming the door. The door. You can become the door. Well, the Scripture says that we're to act more and more like Christ, but aren't we little Christ's? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I can't knock on the heart's door, but I can become the door because once I've opened up the doorway, I can become the door because I bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And we need to be intentional with it. We don't need to just hand out bags and not tell people it's because of Christ. When I get asked, I don't go knocking on doors and go, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm here because I'm a Christian. You should be glad I'm here. I'm the church. Aren't you glad I'm here? Aren't you? Come on, aren't you? And they just say, oh, you're a freak. <laughs> just, just get out of here. People, man, that's, that's just fake all over it. But here's what they respond to. You see, their hearts begin to change. And they go, why are you doing this? Because Jesus said to do it. Jesus said to do it. He said to be a doorway. You got to be the doorway. So some of you that are sitting in this room, you struggle with where you're at. You struggle with what situation you're in. But have you looked at it from the perspective of, wait a minute, I'm the doorway. Don't run. Listen, believer, don't run unless God absolutely says, get out, get done, finish up with it. It's not me. But listen, are you the doorway? Yes, you are. You're the doorway in every situation you're in. You represent Christ. And if we as the church, not just restoration, but the evangelical church that preaches nothing but the cross, nothing but Jesus Christ, would allow ourselves to be the doorway, lives would still be changing. Lives would still be changing. Don't tell me that they won't change. Don't tell me that the world's gotten too bad. Don't tell me it's hardly, it's just impossible. Nothing's impossible with Christ. Nothing is impossible with Christ. Say it with me. Nothing is impossible. Say it again. Nothing is impossible with Christ. Do you believe that? You've got to believe that, believer. That's why you were placed here. You weren't placed here to fill a seat. You weren't placed here to just have a job. You weren't placed here to just raise a family, but to become a door. A doorway into salvation for someone who's utterly lost. I know your jobs get hard. I worked out in that workplace forever. And you say, yeah, that's easy for you to say. No, it's not. You don't know who I work with. You like that? (laughs) Well, they're pretty good guys. They're tough. And won't let me get away with nothing. I love it. You love that? I don't want to get away with nothing. Why? I want to be the doorway. I don't want to be looking back 20, 30 years from now and say, man, I could have. 
man, I, I was supposed to, man, I missed an opportunity. Look at me, church. It's right in front of you. It's right in front of us. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10. If you have your Bible. It's not going to be up on the screen, but if you have your Bible. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth, listen very closely, church. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. (laughs) You're the doorway. You're the doorway. You're the doorway in your family. Oh, I can't talk to my family. (laughs) they're the hardest people to reach. You don't know my family like I do. No, maybe it's more like they know you better than you'd like for them to know you. (laughs) Woo, that'll preach. Let's just, all right, we ain't having lunch, but we're going to stay another 45 minutes and get another round of preaching going. How about that? If they, if you knew what they knew, you'd know why I can't talk to them. Because you're not allowing yourself to be the doorway. How beautiful it is. How beautiful the sound of feet that come proclaiming the gospel. The doorway. You're the doorway. He's the door. It can only be done through him. Can God do anything? You doggone right he can. Can he give you everything you need? You doggone right he can. But your heart has to match his desire. Where is your desire? It's got to start in the right place. It's got to start first with total surrender. Total surrender. Bow your heads for a moment. Have the worship team come. Just want to ask you a question. Man's words can't convince anybody of anything. And if it's man's words that convince people of anything, it's not God. It's only man, and it's hay and stubble, and one day it'll all burn up. But anything done in Jesus' name is rock solid. It's for eternity. And so I ask you the question today, is there anybody in the room? Nobody looking around. I don't want anybody looking at me. And I want those that I've asked this morning to keep a watchful eye for those that may say yes. Is there anybody in the room this morning that raises their hand and says, I'm ready. I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. 
Anybody in the room? Anybody says, this morning I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Anybody? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. I want to respond to him knocking on my heart's door. He's been knocking this morning. I hear him. I want salvation. I want Jesus in my life. And I want somebody to explain that to me. I want somebody to share that with me. i got some on the front row that are saying yes. Yes, I want Jesus in my life. Anybody else before I move on this morning? Anybody else? i got another one in the back. God's moving this morning. Is there anybody that says, you know what? I've been, I've been far away from God. I want to come back today. I just want to give everything I've got to him. I want to become a doorway. Would you help lead me in that kind of a walk with Christ? I'm a Christian, but I've just been far away. I got three people this morning that said, I want Christ. I got four now that say, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Anybody else in the room? Not counting for numbers, but I'm just letting you know. I got five now. What's going on? We got some folks that are saying, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You see, his word will never return void. And I got news for you. You're here because he, he called you to be here. I don't know what circumstances brought you here. But he was knocking on your door. And he said, this is where I want you on Sunday morning. And so, folks, those of you that have eyes to see, the hands that have gone up, I want you to get with these folks after. Folks, if you raised your hand this morning, don't leave. Please don't leave. We got a difficult building. We have a hard place to do things with. But we want to get you to a place where we can sit and talk with you. And so I'm going to ask you, if you raised your hand, look at me. If you raised your hand, nobody else, just if you raised your hand, look at me. Thank you. If you raised your hand and you're looking at me, when you're done, as soon as the service is over, don't wait. I want you to go over to that table over there in the corner. Pastor Dave's going to meet with you over there. And we're going to get some more folks over there. We rejoice in the fact that you're saying, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. That's why we exist. That's the greatest gift of all. I thank you for coming today. I thank you for your, your honesty. I thank you for your heart. I thank you for you as a church. You are the most incredible church that I've had the privilege of serving alongside of. We've got so much to do for God. Give him your life today. Surrender everything. Go back to work on Monday if you don't work for the state or the government. Go back to work on Tuesday. And I want you to do everything you can to say, God, show me how I'm supposed to be a doorway so that you, the door, can knock on someone else's heart's door. And I hope you get it today. I really do. But if you don't fully get it, go back through these scriptures and scour them and study them for yourself. I look forward to meeting with the youth tonight at 5 o'clock. If you'd like to come and see what the youth do at 5 o'clock, you come on out. We have an incredible time together in worship and then from God's word and playing a game or two. And then we'll see you Wednesday night for prayer. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this message. If you would like to connect with Restoration Church, you can do so by visiting our Facebook page, Restoration Camden, or also our church website, www.restorationcamden.com. There you will find all of our contact information, including current ministries, sermons and teachings, serving opportunities, upcoming events, and outreaches. If you would like to get in touch with our pastors concerning a prayer request or a special need you'd like us to attend to, please feel free to do so. Also, please feel free to share this sermon. We just ask that you do not alter the content in any way. God bless you, and thank you for listening.